Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 15th day of December. Thanks for joining me every day, seven days a week. We go a little deeper into something, most of the time a little deeper into a book of the Bible, sometimes a little deeper into a subject or a topic, and sometimes just a little deeper into a sermon that we're airing. Most of the time, however, it's a journey through the Gospels, which is where we are in Luke chapter 5. And we left yesterday with Jesus sitting down to eat a meal with Levi and a, and this is a quote from Luke 5.29, a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. So I don't know how big a great number is, but it seems like there's a lot of tax collectors and sinners. Uh, Others, we have, based upon the accusation that's about to happen in verse 30, that, that these others are sinners, and that would be, well, there's a a bunch of different ways of looking at sinners through the context of the first century Judaism, but uh, this would be not simply Gentiles, although the room would have definitely had some of those in them, but those whom the pious Jew, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, would have looked upon as those who were no longer observing the law, those who were sort of stepping outside of their formal religion to live lives that did not in any way appear to be the people of God. Uh, Don't think of sinners in the way that we do, as in people who haven't made a profession of faith. Um, That was not, that's that's anachronistic. That, That would be a little more of a Christian idea of this. But think of it as the outsider. Think of it as someone, because they put them on par with tax collectors. Let's read that verse. The scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Now, I want you to know that the scribes and Pharisees would have said this from outside. They will not go in and eat at the same table with tax collectors and sinners because there is a belief that when you sit down to share a meal with someone, you commune with them You take part in what they are, and you essentially are saying, I'm I'm good with this person. There's an element of that in communion. We are taking part in who he is, the broken body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus. And we are saying, I am good with him. By his inviting us to the table, he is saying the same with us. I take part in your suffering and in your blood, in your death. In your life, the life of the flesh is in the blood. I take part in your life, and I'm good with you. So the question's pretty valid for them because they see tax collectors as the the worst of the worst, and they say sinners is outside the covenant of God. They want to know why Jesus is taking part with them and why he feels okay with them. Listen to this answer in verses 31 and 32. Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick... I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This story had probably as big of an impact on my theological journey as anything that's happened in my theological journey. Um, I've had many moments of revelation that led to a bit of a revolution inside of me that led to a repentance in which I changed my mind about God or the Bible or something, which led to a renaissance or, to use better Christian 
terms, led to a resurrection. It led to a new version of Paul White that wasn't exactly like the old one that had had an experience. That happened to me when I met Jesus. It happened to me in encounters with the Holy Spirit. It happened to me in a revelation of grace and the finished work. It happened to me in a revelation of the kingdom. And it's happened to me half a dozen other times in in less specific areas. They're specific to me, but may not mean as much to other people. But it definitely happened in the last couple of years in regard to how the gospel has been framed, for the most part, in my world, around legal terms, pitching Jesus merely as some form of lawyer. And most of how I've dealt with his grace has been to legally free me from one system and place me into another. And those are valuable terms. We need redemption and justification and righteousness and accounting. And we need all of those things. They are part, and Paul masters them in his letters. But the real revelation for me is in a look at 31 and 32 together. Those who are well don't need a doctor. The people that are sick need a doctor. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So Jesus sees sinners as sick. This has been the revelation that has shaped me. Jesus sees our condition as a sickness more than a legal condition. I think the legal condition needed dealt with, he does at the cross. He redeems us, buys us. The legal document is signed, sealed, and delivered. But what we need continuously is a visit with the doctor. We need to see I think a little more of what the Eastern Church sees is that sin is a disease and we are showing forth symptoms of it often and we need trips to the doctor to work on the areas in our life that are causing the symptoms. Instead of just stop with the systems, a lot of Christianity has been treating symptoms you know, fix the symptoms, but not the source. Letting Christ go to work on the source is like, let him go to work on the root. This is where messages like the whole truth came out in me in the last couple of years, where we are confronted with who we are and we tell the whole truth. This is what the woman with the issue of blood does. She tells the whole truth. And then she's given the revelation that she's a daughter. Jesus says, daughter, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Well, she already had her healing. The blood dried up the second she touched the hem of his garment. I like to think of that as the rest that was given to her instantly. Like a legal rest. But there was more work that needed to be done. And it can't be done in a place of dishonesty. So as we tell the truth... We learn of the Jesus that's going to work in our lives. And I really think that what the truth is, is just 
revealing all the things about us that are true and exposing all of the things about us that are not so that they can be dealt with and that we can be healed. Go If you want a couple of sermons I did in the last couple of years that frame this as well as any I think I've done, um, I encourage you to go find a sermon called The Whole Truth. And I encourage you to go find a sermon called The Great Physician. I think they, those two will say it as well as I can in a short podcast. It'll take you a couple hours to work through those, but I think the journey will be worth it. Tomorrow, we'll tell you about the sermon coming up on Sunday, and we'll go into the next story from Luke 5. God bless.